0: hello everyone welcome back to the useless doctors book club i'm harshini i'm fucha and i'm sarah and today we are back with season 5 episode 11 where i chose the book uh Vera vera wong's unsolicited advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto. She was the first author we ever read with Dial A for Aunties. And then she also wrote the second book, for Aunties and a Wedding, which we read on a previous season. And now this is not in that series, although I think there is a third book in that series coming out, but it hasn't come out yet. And the most recent book that has come out is just this completely different book, Sapuja. Could you give us a spoiler-free summary of this book? Yeah.
1: Okay. So Vera Wong's unsolicited advice for murderers is following this character named Vera Wong. She is, you know, 60-year-old woman um, who's living in the San Francisco area or, like, At large or whatever. Um, And she is this older woman. She runs this tea shop. um, Called Vera Wang's. World famous tea. Uh, And like that's like this running joke. That she named her tea shop Vera Wang after the famous designer but like her name is Vera Wong actually um okay yeah but basically she's like living her life has this tea shop it's a little bit run down um she doesn't get many customers but she's enjoying her life she's a very like disciplined you know 60 year old woman living her life she's Chinese American and like that comes through a lot in this book um uh you know she like considers herself like, you know, the Chinese mom, and she has a lot of stereotypical qualities um, of being a mom. Uh, okay, so basically, at the beginning of the book, you know, is doing her thing. One morning, she comes into her shop, and she sees a dead man in the middle of her tea shop. Um, And she's like very confused by it. So she, you know, like does a little bit of investigating, but then calls the police and whatever. And then um, after like the police seem to think that this man like died under normal circumstances, like not necessarily like uh, under accidental circumstances, nothing, you know, super suspicious or anything like that. But she thinks that there's something suspicious. So she kind of takes it upon herself to investigate the murder of this man by herself so she kind of like uh tries to you know meet witnesses and like get to know them and like or like meet like suspicious people and whatever like who might have a role in this man's death and so throughout the book we kind of see like her interactions with these people as well as their perspectives and their stories and how they relate to this person who died um but yeah it's like very much your cozy mystery-esque type of book she's this amateur sleuth it's like has a lot of the same kind of quirks that a lot of jesse q Satanto's previous books that we've read in this podcast are like there's kind of these like cast of characters and they're all kind of over the top and like all these like weird shenanigans are happening all the time um and yeah it's that's kind of like the gist of it but sarah would you like to give us a spoiler free review? Of this book.
2: Yes. So I don't know. I it's a little I haven't fully decided on a rating yet. Probably four point five stars or four point five or five stars. It's a good book. I like the way Jesse Santo writes, just like the quirky and full of character and yeah I mean it's entertaining just by the characters themselves but one thing I was struggling with a little bit was I found it a little boring sometimes (laughs) like I think the idea is super interesting but it could have been a little more (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this because I hate thrillers but like a little more thrilling And a little more suspenseful. I guess maybe that's not the point of the book. The point is like. I don't know. Wholesome or something. But it just. It needed a little more oomph for me. To give it five stars. But other than that. I love the characters. They were really fun. And I love the plot line. It's super interesting. And. Yeah. That's all I really got to say. But Harshini is. The person that picked the book, what did you think of it?
0: Oh, first, would you recommend it?
2: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I'd recommend it. It's a cute, wholesome, wholesome book. I think I don't know. It's hard to say. I would recommend it more than the the with the aunties one with. <laughs>
0: dial a for aunties
2: yeah i'd recommend it more i liked it more than that one but yeah i'd recommend it
0: nice nice um cool so yeah i think i felt pretty similarly although yeah i also was kind of like i don't think it's a five stars i would yeah probably say like 4.5 but like rounded down Um, because I really like this book I actually thought the opposite I, I was really into it and like didn't want to put the book down at certain points and it wasn't like throughout the entire book there were just a couple times where I feel like like and I was kind of thinking this is a common tactic that authors do where they like kind of you know allude to like something like shocking is happening but you you don't know the answer it's like you know they open the door and then you like don't know what's gonna happen that that didn't happen but like just as an example like you don't know what's gonna happen and then like because each of the chapters kind of switches I think I don't know I can't remember if like every single chapter was a different person but sometimes it was like Vera Wong's perspective And, like, she figured out something shocking, but we didn't, like, fully know what was happening. And then it would switch to someone else's perspective. So, you have to, like, keep reading to get back to her perspective or, like, something else where we can figure out what happened. So, anyway, that was a long way of saying I liked those kinds of parts of it. Um, Because, I don't know, I was just kind of reading this book. I read this book, like, a week ago. So, I'm also, like, need a refresher (laughs) on all the things that happened. But... Yeah, in general, I think I enjoyed it. I think for me, the ending, which was the case with Dial-A for Aunties, I didn't like the ending. And in this case, like, I, I felt less annoyed by the ending, but I still was kind of wishy-washy about it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think there were some small things like that that I didn't like. But overall, I really enjoyed this book. I think it was nice to read about, like, as Sarah was saying, like, the fun characters very detailed descriptions of good food which I was like super also super hungry reading this book and like wanting to eat this food but I feel like the general vibes of like cozy mystery was something that we needed after the last book honestly so I feel like that was nice um so yeah I would recommend this book I actually you know already mentioned to people that I recommend or I um I'm reading this book and like do recommend it. And then, yeah, I like after I finished it, I was like, yes, I would recommend this book. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've been recommending Dial A for Aunties to so many people for so long. It's weird to like think this book could have surpassed it, but it is very different because it's like from the perspective of this older woman, whereas like the other books follow like a younger adult character and then like surrounded by these like mom type characters um I also kept calling her grandma I guess she's 60 which I don't know to me is a grandma because like that's how old my grandma is <laughs> but <all> I <right>, yeah <laughs> um I mean she's not six, she's a little older than 60 but she's in her 60s but I guess Vera Wong does not have a grandkid so but she does have a I didn't this will I guess we'll go into it but she does have this cute relationship with a younger girl. So I, I think because she's like grandma to this girl, who's not her actual grandkid. That also fits that vibe. Anyways, Pooja what is your
1: review of this book? Um. So I had a very similar reaction. I think I liked this book. I give it four stars. Um. I think I didn't necessarily like it in the beginning I felt like you know our main character Vera Wong was kind of cringe a little bit annoying like just like making weird decisions but over time like everyone was annoying to me like you know the others other characters were also really annoying everyone was annoying I kind of also figured out who like the murderer like pretty early on because of something that happens (laughs) in a lot of books that I and I'll get this to this in the spoiler section but like it's like a very like common thing that happens in a lot of books and like you realize like oh okay like this person you know um that was a really wishy-washy way of saying that but I'll elaborate in the spoiler section um but yeah but I did like how things were revealed in the book and I think over time I kind of liked Vera especially like towards the second half of the book like I really think that she kind of grew on me like I'd no longer found her very cringe or annoying or anything like that I kind of was like okay she's a bit endearing mm-hmm. um and you know also really loved all the food descriptions as Harshni mentioned i was also very hungry reading this book um and i think towards the end it got became like more heartwarming i really agree with sarah's point about how this book like lacked any real like mystery and thrilling elements i think there was like this book is marketed as a cozy mystery and i agree but i do think a I think even saying it as a mystery is a bit misleading i would say it's a little bit more of like you know just like a very like cozy relationship book i guess like just like watching people develop because i feel like a lot of at least in the second half of the book like a lot of time is dedicated to vera wong's relationships with other characters and it's like more about this like found family type of situation more so than like a woman investigating a murder and at some point it does kind of circle back to that but like it's very rushed it was very like it's very over the top it's kind of ridiculous ending was rushed but um I do think it's a fun book I wouldn't necessarily call it more of a. I would call it more of this like found family heartwarming story about an old woman um, rather than a cozy mystery. But there just like happens to be a mystery. I saw someone describe another book like this, but like they so they were talking about like this like vampire book, but then they were like, it's like the way the vibes were you know imagine you're in a movie theater watching this like nice indie film about like some friends and then like next door a vampire slasher movie is happening and like you hear like remnants of it i'm like i would describe this book as like You're watching like a nice indie film about like a found family and like next door is a mystery movie and like you hear it through the the, like wall or something like that's what it feels like. Um, It's like hints of mystery, but like not really mystery. It's more focused on like some people, you know, relationships and friendships and found family and whatever. So I would recommend four stars from me. Um, But yeah.
2: Did you did you like this book more than Dial a
1: for No. Honestly, I'm kind of thinking about what like whether I need to reread Dial a for Aunties to see whether I would actually give it five stars today versus when I first read it. Wow, you got you got more critical
2: as time went
1: on. I need to see like whether because after the second Dial a for Andy's book, which I didn't i gave it like three stars or two stars or something like i didn't really enjoy that book and now i'm like really questioning whether i really enjoyed dialy for now i'm like i had to read it again to see like i have to like compare the two but like this book this book what i liked and i think i was kind of feeling very similar to the second book of dialy for i literally is it for aunties in a wedding i think that's what it's called but like the i remember one of my comments during that podcast was that like it was very cringy and like didn't have the endearing or heartwarming nature that the first book had, especially like among the relationships and that sort of thing. And like this book started off like that. But then at some point, I don't know if like something happened in the second half or whatever, but like, it definitely, I felt more endeared towards everyone in the second half. And I don't know what it is. I think it was probably circumstance, like the, what they were doing in the first half versus what they were doing in the second half was very different. So like, I think that this book like recaptured that heartwarming nature of it. So I'm feeling like the first book of Dial for Aunties really got to that heartwarming thing a little bit faster. Like I actually like felt like more endeared towards the characters but this book is definitely over the top and ridiculous in the same way that dial a for aunties and for aunties in a wedding were like it's like and the ending is i feel rushed for all three of them like the ending makes no sense for all three of them i think and in this case like it definitely didn't make any sense it was like very rushed and like i already knew like kind of who did it in the beginning but like i was surprised that they wrap that up like within a span of like three pages at the end they were just like all right oh shit we have to decide who the who the murderer is it was like that (laughs) but it was still fun so that's why four stars from me
2: yeah i would agree so if you'd like to read this book go ahead and pause the podcast read the book and then come back to hear our thoughts or if you're not interested don't trust our recommendations then continue listening to our podcast and hear our thoughts so let's get into the spoilers uh does anyone want to spoil the book
1: i can spoil it <laughs> I was going to that money you were going to say that. <laughs> because Hershey was like, "You know, I read it a week ago, so, you know, I need a yeah, refresher."
0: I'm, I'm literally forgetting like the names of the characters. Like I remember what happened, but I'm like there were two brown people.
1: <laughs> they then... were Okay, they I guess I guess you can call Riki brown, but like he is southeast Asian, but like yeah. not necessarily brown. But like Sana is brown. She's Indian. But, um, okay, let me introduce all the characters. The man who died, his name is Marshall. (laughs) Um, And Marshall's wife is named Julia. And Marshall and Julia had a kid named Emma, right? And then Marshall has a twin brother named Oliver. And then there's these other two characters, Sana and Riki, who are also connected to Marshall. So basically what happens after Vera sees Marshall's dead body, whatever. She notices that Marshall is carrying this like flash drive in hand. So she picks up the flash drive and then calls the police. So the police have no idea that there's a flash drive, but she's like, and then the police come in. They think like they us like based on, you know, all the situation, they're kind of like, Oh, I think you might've had a heart attack or some sort of like natural death, like accidental or natural death, not necessarily homicide. But then Vera, like she notices that he has a scratch on his face and he has like a black eye or like some sort of bruising on his face. So she is like, I don't think he I think like something happened. Like I think he was attacked or something. And also like he's holding this flash drive. So maybe this is the key to this whole situation. But the police don't think that. And so there's this officer. Her name is Officer Gray. And she kind of is like throughout the story as well, you know, pops in and out. Anyway, Vera is like, you know what? I'm gonna put in I'm gonna put an obituary obituary in the newspaper <clears throat> to kind of like draw out suspicious people because she's of this mindset of like oh like in the TV shows and like Sherlock Holmes like the way to call like get all the suspicious people out you know is like people who are suspicious or whatever would come visit the scene of the crime after it happened right so like she's like you know what I'm gonna make I'm gonna like draw the suspicious people so the day after she puts this obituary out she sees three people or four people come to the shop but like three people actually meet her and it's Sana, Riki, and Oliver um, and so that's how she comes to meet these three and she also sees Julia and said daughter but like they don't really come into the shop they kind of look from the outside and then walk away. Then throughout the book, we get each perspective. Like so we get Sana's perspective, Ricky's perspective, Oliver's perspective, and Juliet's perspective as well, just to kind of see like where they're at. And the author kind of makes you think that the four of them were somehow involved in this murder and they're like potential suspects, right? So Vera decides to like get close, quote unquote, get close to the subjects or suspects or whatever. And so she like keeps like meeting them and she kind of like worms her way into their lives and is like you know trying to like she like wants to she like lets them know that they are all suspects in her quote-unquote investigation but then like somehow because of like how she behaves which is like very motherly and kind of a little bit dominating and kind of like forceful she kind of like it becomes a little bit more of like she turns into like a maternal figure for a lot of these people so like especially like Sana, who doesn't have a good relationship with her own mom, like kind of like ends up becoming very close to Vera, like Riki, who is like, you know, just like this guy who doesn't, again, like his mom is not present right now in like, he's from Indonesia. So his mom is in Indonesia. So he like also feels like, you know, Vera is this maternal figure for him as well. Julia and Emma, like, Emma is the you know young girl that Vera comes like takes a liking to and like she kind of treats her like her grandma and so Vera like treats her like her granddaughter and then therefore like also treats Julia as her daughter and so she like somehow like through some series of events becomes like quite close and we find out that like Sana, Ricky, Julia, and Oliver had nothing to do with the murder. Like, they have all individual relationships with Marshall. So it turns out Marshall, like, Sana is an artist and Marshall had been stealing, um, artwork from younger college students or like you know potentially people who were like struggling and like in a relatively vulnerable place and like he kind of preyed on that and then you know preyed on their lack of expertise in this field of selling art and basically took advantage of her stole all her art and sold it for his own gain and like never gave her any profits so she felt like very cheated by this and like she felt really dumb and she felt like she you know trusted this person with her artwork and like lost all kind of claim to her own art but then when he died like now she can reclaim that but she like didn't know how to go about it and she didn't know where it was and so she was kind of like just becoming like she just wanted to find out what happened to her art and then Ricky he cheated Ricky as well because he kind of hired him to do make this like program to like scam people basically Um, And, like, Riki is, like, a software engineer, like, in his day job, but then because he, like, wanted more money to help out his younger brother, um, who is still in Indonesia, he, like, took on this side project or whatever with Marshall, and then it turns out that, like, Marshall also scammed him, like, basically... Told him he was going to pay him $25,000, only paid him $1,000 for his work. So Ricky was, like, really pissed off. And then also, like, he's the one who gave Marshall the bruise by, like, punching him. And then Sana gave Marshall the scratches by scratching him on his face. And then Julia, um, it turns out that Marshall, after cheating both of them, getting all his money and whatever, was about to leave Julia um, and his daughter because he was, like, you're put- putting me down, like... I don't need this like I can go and live a much better life like I don't want this anymore and he like walked out on them so like Julia and you know was also like really pissed off and that sort of thing and she was like in the process of throwing out all his stuff and like was done with that relationship and then Oliver who is um Marshall's twin brother has always been jealous of Marshall and like he also it turns out that he also had feelings for Julia since high school and like they were like really good friends but then like they've you know after she started dating Marshall he like kind of stopped being friends with her and everything and so like he like there's this whole plot line which is kind of irrelevant in the end but like there's this whole plot line of like how he wrote this book that's like, you know, supposed to be reflective of their relationship. And like it turns out that at the end of the day, like um, in the book at least, like Oliver all the character who is quote uncle Oliver is uh kills the character who's Marshall, but like it's kind of irrelevant. But basically we find out that Oliver is jealous of Marshall and whatever, and like he before um like that night that he met him or that night that Marshall died he had met him and like planted drugs on him and thought that Marshall would be caught for you know drug possession and whatever so he just wanted to see Marshall get caught for something um so yeah that's why the three of them felt that they were involved somehow in Marshall's death but not really involved but just like wanted to like felt like some sort of responsibility after finding out that marshall had died and they like felt really bad about it that's why they visited the scene afterwards but it turns out none of them had anything to do with it the real killer after all of this the real killer is marshall's father so at the beginning of the book we see this guy his name is alex and like alex is the only customer that visits vera's shop and so um he is like the regular customer every morning he comes in and blah 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 and so we find out that at the end this guy alex is actually marshall and oliver's father and he um after marshall's wife julia like after marshall decides to leave julia julia calls alex and is like hey he's leaving me like i'm like so frustrated what is happening and then alex like feeling some sort of responsibility towards Julia and his granddaughter, Emma is like, you know what, I'm going to talk to Marshall. So he like meets Marshall and then Marshall for a drink. And then Marshall gets like, really like, you know, he starts like revealing kind of a second side of his personality, like the nasty side. And he likes becomes like, he's like, and then Alex kind of sees like all his interactions throughout the night. He sees how badly like Like he sees Ricky punch Marshall and he sees like Marshall's reaction and how like, you know, bad of a person he is. So then Alex like gets overwhelmed and feels like he needs to kill his son. So he like, you know, so Marshall is like, this is also another thread where it's like Marshall has been allergic to a lot of different things. And he has this tea that Vera gave him. Um, which has something called bird dander in it. I don't know what bird dander is, but I think it's an herb. But like he has this tea that has bird dander in it. And he knows that his son, Marshall, is allergic to bird dander. So he serves Marshall this bird dander tea. And Marshall obviously gets an allergic reaction. And there's like no, you know support to help him at the time like no you know epi pen kind of situation for this so he ends up dying and he runs so he gives the tea in the house and then marshall it's like you know drinks the tea in this house and as he's having an allergic reaction he realizes that he's like dying and so he leaves the house and uh, vera's tea shop is like next door or something it's like very close by and so he goes into the store and dies in the store as a way to like point out that like the tea is the one that killed him or something. I don't know. Some sort of like very over the top thing. But yeah. That's how Marshall dies. And Vera realizes this once she realizes that Alex is the dad. Um, and yeah. But yeah. Throughout the book Vera develops like a very close bond with all of these people who she considers sex. She even sets up Sana and Ricky. And, like, ends up living with Julia for some time because her shop gets broken into. But then we see that Vera broke into her own shop. Um, You know. (laughs) Just as, like, a thing. And she also, like, you know, uh, wanted to, like, get a way to get in more close to Julia and, like, explore Julia's house or whatever um so she like set up a bunch of shit she's like a little bit manipulative but like you know she's an old lady so you're supposed to find it endearing but like whatever it's fine anyway yeah
2: well thank you for that Real
0: thorough summary like a few minutes in i was like i mean, it's it's very helpful for me because i was like wow i remember these people their names
1: um yeah there was a lot of characters so it's just it's important to establish the like what's the point of all the characters
2: yeah that's true um so I'm curious Pooja what was the thing that led
1: you to figure out the whole ending that you say Um, yeah so this happens in a lot of books where they introduce a character but like it's a seemingly irrelevant character but like they give too much quote-unquote screen time to the character Alex is that person like there's like so in they introduce Alex as like this customer that keeps coming to every shop, right? But then like the fact that there's like another scene, there's like a extended period, like extended scenes with Alex. And it's like you really didn't need to know like his like backstory or like his, you know, relationship with his wife or a relationship with his sons, like so early on in the like like the author was spending too much time on Alex. But like it was seeming like it seemed like it was kind of irrelevant because he's not necessarily a suspect, right? Like he was not considered a suspect. So like, why would you give so much pages, so many, so much of a backstory to Alex, so much, you know, whatever, or context, I think is the right word. And so I was like, the only reason you'd, you'd introduce him and then not give him any context is because he's needed eventually. And then I was like, okay, is he the killer? like because he's not enough of a relevant character but you gave him so much context that's the only way he had to be a killer
2: yeah i guess yeah i never really think like that but that's a good point
1: (laughs) they do this in movies all the time too where it's like why would you introduce a character if he's not gonna if they're not gonna play a role right if they're not gonna be relevant yeah i get that
2: sometimes but for this case i didn't just because i thought it was like setting the
1: scene of how sad Vera's shop was but yeah but then uh, yeah that's true that it could have been like that like the author could have gone with that and that would have been fine too but like there was like extra scenes like why like this like whole thing of like her constantly visiting him and like giving him shit and like also like her learning about his sons and he kept being like I have one son who's good and one son I don't really like (laughs) I'm like the fuck (laughs) but yeah
0: yeah, I feel like, I guess, like, most of that was in the beginning, and yeah, I feel, I don't know, maybe it was, like, the timing of when I read it, but, like, I didn't really, like, fully process or remember, like, anything about Alex other than the fact, like, I also could, didn't realize, and I think, I mean, yeah, clearly I read over something, because I was, I was thinking he was, like like, not that old, you know, like, I thought he was, like, a younger dad, maybe, but like you know, in his thirties or forties, like like not having two adult sons, and then his th- wife had dementia. Okay, I fully think this story. <laughs> okay I just made an assumption and my brain was just like refused to believe anything else but then there was some point like early on where I was like oh wait a second. I don't know what sparked my mind to be like wait he's kind of old but then yeah I also at the end like realized that you know there's just no none none of the other characters or sorry there's no other characters other than Alex, and then, like, the main people. And basically, Vera was, like, you know, her suspect list was all of those four other people. And, like, it was pretty clear that none of them did it. But, I mean, there was, like, one point where she eliminated, like, Senna and Ricky. So, like, the only people left were Julia and Oliver. And then, it like, yeah, like, as Pooja mentioned, it seemed like Oliver might have done it because of his book. But Then it was like, no, that's not the case, and I mean, it's just kind of like the heartwarming nature of this book. Like, I don't think the author would have made it him, but I don't know. I could have, I guess, I could see like some sort of accidental death kind of thing, or like you know, things where you wouldn't feel as bad. Like, I don't know. Okay, so then all that to say, once we were like, it's Alex, I thought it would be something like when he was revealing what happened, I thought it'd be like an accident where I guess it's hard to make it an accident, but like maybe just, you know, he had the tea and he knew his son was allergic to it, but he still had it. And then like, I don't know, some, somehow it accidentally got in like the teas got switched. I don't know, some shit right where it was an accident. Like I, that's what I, thought the author was gonna do but instead she was like no <laughs> let's make him get super angry at like I don't know that seemed so weird and I was like I was just like that could have been definitely done differently so that was one of the main things that made me like not love this book you know to give it five stars um and yeah I agree I guess it was just kind of rushed ending and not the main point of the book even But it's still like there's still a lot throughout the book of like the thread through it all is this mystery. So I'm like, you're you're so close, like you could have done. I I did appreciate that it wasn't just like nobody killed her, killed uh, Marshall. But I don't know what did you guys think about the way he killed him?
2: Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's like. It's like weird that he would just not realize that Marshall's the bad. Like it would take him this many years to realize that Marshall is the bad, like quote unquote bad kid. I don't know. It just seemed unrealistic that it's just like this random one time they hang out. He sees all the negative qualities, especially because in the conversation, Marshall was like talking about how 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 Lily's, like, dead weight, essentially, and all this. I'm like, if he's all of a sudden so willing to say this, then there must have been previous times where he was also not very nice, like, about his kid Emma or something. I just feel like it's weird that the dad all of a sudden realized it. Um, but as for the death I don't know, I guess because it wasn't actually such a large focus in um, this book. I didn't really mind like the way it happened, <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's like weird that the dad would snap so much that he'd be like, let me kill my son because he's the evil son. <laughs>
1: Like, that seems a little drastic for me. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like, I think the fact that it was even, I, even like if I knew that Alex was the killer, I still didn't understand. Like, I wanted to know his motivation, right? Like, I, and I didn't think that the motivation that we got was strong enough to warrant killing someone, you know? Yeah.
2: I I agree I think it was like a little far-fetched and like I'll let it go because like that wasn't like I mean it was supposed to be the focus of the book but it's not like really the focus so I'll let it go but I just feel like feel like yeah it's like oh shit what are we gonna do with the ending oh why don't we just make it this random dude because we can't have anyone else
1: yeah and also like the whole thing about him lying about his wife being alive to Vera which is like for our listeners he Vera thinks that Alex's wife is still alive but like at home bedridden or something that's why she's not able to come in with him and like she has met his wife multiple times like when when they were both you know in previous years and that sort of thing but there has been like a period of a few years where like she hasn't She's been, like, extremely sick, as told by Alex, and, like, that's why she isn't able to come. And, like, she had an illness and whatever, but then she died, like, five years prior to the book or something. And, like, Vera, for five years, still thinks that she's alive, and Alex was like, I didn't know how to tell you, so I just didn't. So I just pretended, like, she was there. He met her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in, like, he's been a long-time patron of this, of her shop like when her husband was alive also right like they all knew each other and they were friends and all that sort of stuff um I miss that part yeah like close and not close enough friends that they like knew what each other's kids look like (laughs) because she didn't realize who Oliver and Marshall were but like and she knew them by their Chinese names so like Because in the beginning, when Alex is talking to Vera, he like mentions he talks about his sons all the time, but only by their Chinese names, not by their American. Oh,
2: yeah, I was thinking I was like, was I so dumb that I didn't even put the names together? But I was like, there's no way like I I didn't read the book like super fast, but there's no way I wouldn't see that.
1: yeah yeah they're both and like he doesn't mention that they're twins like he like talks about them as like one son one son and they're both like use she he always uses their Chinese name with her so she only knows their Chinese name but the thing is that like he like totally just lied about like his wife being alive and after that I was like honestly I can see this man killing his son because like who the fuck does that like, literally, who does that? Who just lies for five oh, yeah. years I can't say that their wife is alive? No, I can't say anything because I've never been in that position.
2: But I could, I could see how you like, want to pretend that she's actually alive just for a little bit.
1: Okay, I understand if you're just like want to pretend and like if you just met someone and you're just like I'd rather just not get into it. So let me just like be like, yeah, my wife is so and so, and just never mention that your wife passed away. But like, this is someone that you talk to on a daily basis for five years. Yeah, that's true.
2: That's kind (laughs) of weird. I mean, it is weird, but at a certain point, like what are you gonna be like oh actually she died like two years ago and I didn't know how to tell you but like
1: why it? So awkward. oh my god well like I don't understand why you had to begin in the first place like I would assume right that like when your wife dies like you would go through some sort of process of like you know like you would not come to the shop for a few days and like how would you explain like your disappearance or whatever you'd like mention it, like yeah like this happened or, yeah, like, she would, true. like, read about in, it in like, her obituary or something, you know? Like, she would, like, somehow have to find out about this, but she just doesn't. Yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah, oh. that's pretty weird that she
0: never found out through any other <laughs> ways. But also, like, I'm, like, how I forget, like, was it even, like, rel- like did it make a difference in the book and, like, what
1: happened? that his wife was alive or not alive yeah, yeah. that's true i don't think I it think, made any difference. so the so the only reason that they state is that vera is like oh i didn't like i think like i guess maybe in her mind she thought that there was some kind of connection between alex and marshall and oliver but then she was like yeah but oliver told me that his mother has in like passed away and alex's wife is still alive so like i didn't think that there was any connection But then it turns out he's like, oh, I've been lying about my wife. And he's like, yeah, she actually died like years ago. And I was like, the fuck? That's convenient for the author. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. No, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I had one more part that I thought was a bit ridiculous. What's that? Um... So in the book like Vera after after like it all comes out that Vera has been like she like took Marshall's flash drive and like that's the reason why the police didn't necessarily investigate his murder further um, like it this all gets revealed and all that sort of stuff and like everyone I don't know there's like this huge moment where like everything kind of implodes on her and then like it comes back to bite her in the ass or whatever and so she gets like kicked out of Julia's house and ends up going back to her own house and like she like just like doesn't eat or drink for like a few days like 3 days or something and then riki like he he and like the others were in this process of like refurnishing and like re just like re- renovating her store because it's like kind of run down and everything and then he comes by to like bring uh, some of the furniture that he had already done a lot of work on so he's like might as well just give it to her or whatever even though they're like not they haven't talked in a while and then he goes into her apartment and then she's like you know fucking almost dying over here because she hasn't left her bed in three days and like hasn't drank any water or like ate anything in three days because she's like so sad that this all happened and then like she gets hospitalized and then as soon as she gets hospitalized all of these people show up and then they all immediately forgive each other and are just like all right everything's fine and vera does not say sorry once i swear i was like so pissed off i was like are you for real right now she doesn't even notice that she like did an error or that she like has like no self-awareness that she can be like hey yeah sorry i like did this really shitty thing and i should apologize for it but like everyone fucking just forgives her and forgives each other and they're just like we're family ah. and i'm like oh my god this happened way too fast literally sana was like like ricky is like i miss you Dasana, and she's like i miss you too and then bam back together and i'm like this is complete bull
0: wait wait so they yeah i was like what happened because they're not mad at vera they're just like like their uh, problems are in inter- like with sana and ricky and julia and oliver right
1: no i mean they all everyone was mad at vera right because mm-hmm. like because she like stole the flash drive and oh, then right, right. Ju- okay. and then like that whole thing and then also like julia was like okay so you've been like staying here investigating me while living here what the fuck
2: well like also she smashed up her own shop yeah oh yeah that whole thing too <laughs> yeah and then julia was like so you smash up your shop so you can stay with me and investigate me
1: yeah for like an extended period of time like it wasn't just like two days it was like a while and so and and like also in addition to stealing the flash drive and then making and like kind of in like kind of forcing the police not like not forcing the police, but make like the police had no reason to investigate it further because that like one key piece of ev- piece of evidence she just took <laughs> and held on to. <laughs> like the fuck. And so, but yeah, but I hated that scene, actually, because I was like, wow, like everyone's all like, oh, yeah, we're all like great now. We're all cool, whatever. It's like it happens so instantaneously. It's not even like they spend like an hour in the hospital. They're just like as soon as they meet each other, they're like, oh, my God, we're friends again.
0: Maybe it's the whole, you know, like situations where you're like, wow, this person could die. All of our problems are like not that serious you know
1: sure um, but like she could have a process of self-reflection right like she almost died she could say sorry
2: that's true but is it in her character to say sorry i feel like it's if it's in her character it's like the things she does and not the things she actually says
1: but she also can experience some degree of character development (laughs)
2: But she's an old woman. I feel like they, old people develop. (laughs) They're
1: They're already stuck in their way. Oh my god. You're just giving a pass to old people? Like, (laughs) oh, because they're like above the age of 60. Like suddenly every, they can just do whatever and it's fine. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they're less likely
2: to change, I feel. Also, it's like a culture thing. It says multiple times in the book that like in in her culture it's like the older people don't owe you anything so I'm assuming that also means they don't owe you
1: any apologies I mean yeah but it just seemed like everyone just gave her a pass way too quickly probably thinking similarly of like well she like you know it's like we live in an age-centric society so like the older people like we must respect them whatever so we'll just leave it it's fine yeah she like totally screwed up this investigation but it's fine it's literally like even the police officer is like wow she like totally screwed it up but like she gave me some really good food so like Ella's forgiven I'm
2: like the fuck (laughs) no but also like they were like realizing oh she did so many great things for me I don't want to live without her she made an
1: honest mistake (laughs) yeah she made a mistake she can apologize for the mistake i'm not saying you have to hold it over her head forever and just be like i hate you i never want to talk to you i'm just saying that like maybe she could have some sort of self-awareness that like yeah i did this shitty thing and i should just say sorry once i agree but i also don't think that it's like in her character so i didn't expect an apology
0: i
2: mean
1: fair even after all of that they redo her tea house also it was she, she did a lot for them. I mean, yeah, that's true. Listen, she cooked a feast every day she was in Julia's house. That's Dude, a lot. Of I effort. would
2: love to be her friend.
1: I know. I just want to, every single time, I'm like already getting hungry just thinking about this book right now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. All the foods, all the foods that were mentioned just seemed so good. Yeah. It's a tragedy a true tragedy i just want to eat it yeah
0: such a like interesting power you know to like just make people food and then get them to do things i'm like that's kind of a good idea (laughs) like
2: you know you just show up somewhere it's gotta be good food in a lot of it i don't think i don't think i could do that
1: (laughs) i don't have that capability yeah
2: (laughs)
0: yeah but it's, it's powerful i was like wow maybe i should learn how
1: to
2: cook.
1: remember <laughs> this one thing <laughs> yeah i
2: want to manipulate people so i gotta learn how to cook
1: <laughs> i mean they do say like okay but like think about it from your own perspective right if you go like, if you're, like, in a bad mood, but then you eat some good food, suddenly your bad mood just goes away. Like, if you don't like someone, but then they give you something that you like, then suddenly you might like them again, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, you, if you just want to be friends with me, just feed me. Like, <laughs> Only you don't want to be mad that- at me. <laughs> you, if, I, if you angered me in some sort of way, but, like, you don't want me to be angry at you again, <laughs> literally just feed me. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah name I'm a very simple person just give me an ice cream we'll be friends <laughs> yeah oh my god but I also okay another thing though is that Vera like other than the food she's also like her personality is like super domineering and like kind of like forcing you to do things but like through this she's like she develops like a really close relationship with Julia and Sana like both women who are they've been kind of given like the short end of the stick. like they lack a lot of self-confidence they are kind of like portrayed a little bit as like which is something they don't really like but like you know i get for the story i guess it makes sense but like they were just like two women who had relatively like quote-unquote meek personalities like they were just like Two people who lacked a lot of self-confidence, lacked self-esteem, had been kind of run over by this one guy, Marshall. And, like, through their relationship with Marshall, they lost a lot of confidence in their abilities to do things and, like, lost love for the thing that they love. Like, Sana, it was, like, her artwork through painting. And then for Julia, it was through photography. Like, Marshall kind of, like, convinced them that they were not good at their at that thing that they were very passionate about. Um, But after meeting Vera, she kind of like instills in them some degree of confidence and kind of like slowly they take up, like Julia takes up photography and then ends up like starting her own um, photography business. And like, you know, after talking with Vera and like Vera kind of convinces her, like you have to like be confident in yourself, start it. You have to start somewhere. Let's go, let's do this. You should be good for you. Like you want to do this, Pursue it, you know, go for it. And she kind of like instills in her a little bit of confidence to do it herself. And then Julia ends up doing it and she's really good at it and ends up working out and it's great. And then for Sana, like she did not paint for a really long time, but then kind of Vera through Vera, like talking to her being like, okay, like let's set a routine. Let's do this every morning. You're going to come to this beach and you're going to like do some like, you know, she gives her a stick and then is like draw in the sand (laughs) and like, but then it's like this routine of like every single morning, consistently you come to this beach, you draw in the sand and it's okay if you make a mistake because the water will wash it away. Don't worry about it, but just do it right. Do this thing for you. And like through that, she kind of like becomes a little bit more confident with this. And then she like slowly begins to work on her other art as well. Um, But but I think like that was like the I actually really liked those parts where like Vera was like working with these two people, like helping them through this issue that they both had. And like, you know, just like being like a, you know, older female figure that they could, you know, rely on and look up to and like who would kind of like talk to them in like a very maternal way of like, don't worry about it. Let's do this. Like was like it's like tough love, kind of. It's like a good balance between like tough love and like just love <laughs> it's like good balance between the two and like I thought like that was I at least for me that was like the point in the book where I like actually started really liking Vera because I was like okay like you you are channeling your maternal instincts here and like it's coming out on this page and I really love this like bond that you created with like julia and then also emma and then also sana like i really liked their bond i was like yes go moms <laughs> but yeah yeah that was cute i was like
2: i could use someone like vera in my life <laughs> give me yeah. some tough love she's like give me some advice you know tell yeah. me
1: tell me i should be confident in myself
2: yeah i need that
0: yeah it was cute what did you find super cringy about her and like why didn't you like her <laughs> okay
1: she's just like weird <laughs> she she's just like okay she like so in the beginning like we've we initially see her like when she's like talking to her son her son his name is tilbert but she calls him Tilly, right? And he's just like, I don't go by Tilly anymore. I go by Tilbert. And I was like, yo, I would go by Tilly instead of Tilbert. But like, you know, the personal preference. <laughs> but like, we find out that like, Tilly is like a lawyer or something. And like, basically, she's like always yelling at him. Like, she's always like calling him like, You should sleep at this time. You should eat at this time. You should do this at this time. You should do... And she's, like, very overbearing. And then, like, it was very... And she's, like, someone who, like, wakes up at four. And she's, like, oh, all the young kids these days are so annoying. They don't do this. They don't do that. Whatever. People my age, blah, blah, blah. Very much, like, boomer mindset of, like, you know, I am the best. You suck. Like, you guys don't know shit. I know everything. And, like, very, like, forceful with her demeanor. Like, she's, like... Throughout the book, and this keeps coming up, where she just like everyone is like low key scared of her because they're just like she will just like come in and be like follow me, do this, do that, do this, do that, whatever. Like I'm gonna tell you this, I'm gonna tell you that, and what, and, like this kind of like domineering, forceful behavior. I don't know. To me, what I didn't like about it is like it very heavily leans into the stereotype of like Asian mom, like quote unquote Asian mom stereotype of like you know kind of forceful, domineering, like someone who like is trying to impose their worldview on you all the time, not necessarily listening to anything that you have to say. And I don't know it was kind of like it was just like very cringy and like I didn't really like the leaning into the Asian stereotype of mom kind of thing and also like she stole the flash drive which I was like this is such a dumb I think like this is such a dumb thing I don't understand why this happened and like she just like lies to her her son her son is like you should not have done that you should definitely give it to the police and she's like no what are you talking about I didn't do shit I don't know what you're talking about it's fine but then like she kept this flash drive obviously But then, like, the parts where she was, like, being, like, maternal with Julia and Sana, it showed, like, a different side. Like, she was very much someone who listened and, like, was not... She had character development. And then at the end, reverted back. At the end? Yeah, she didn't say sorry.
2: Oh. Yeah. Okay, she developed a little bit, though. <laughs> but I also found her annoying in the beginning. I feel like she was meant to be annoying in the beginning, but, like, I would get so annoyed if my mom always
1: always texted me that. Or not even just, like, called me and be like, have you slept yet? It's like, you just called me, what the fuck? yeah sleep at this time wake up at this time and i'm like what i don't live at home
2: she just didn't have anyone to outlet her her motherly instincts on yeah but but she has new family she can do that and tilly will be
1: left alone i also felt like that kind of relationship was a little bit like Like, it was very also leaning into, like, oh, like, Tilly is not a filial son. Like, he doesn't care about his mom. It's like, bro, (laughs) why are you, like, making that, like, I don't know. It's like a common stereotype of, like, oh, millennial kids not caring about their parents or, like, you know kids not caring about their parents and like the parents are the right ones and they're the best and they know everything like i feel like i've seen this in so many indian movies where like the kid like they always show the way they show the movie is that like the kid is like the like you know a little shit and like doesn't care about the parents and like some shit happens and then at the end of the story finally the kid realizes oh my god my parents were like the best like they know everything they're the best and it's like yo. The parents don't have to know everything always, right? Like, why do you always have to, like, showcase it as, like, the parents know everything and the kid is, like, a dumb shit? Yeah,
2: that's true. But I forgot what I was going
0: to say. Yeah, I don't know. I thought she was entertaining overall, I guess, Yeah, maybe it's supposed to be, like, just as everyone else grows to like her, you grow to like her. But I don't know. I feel like, like, I get it, but I feel like it's just so relatable, and that's, I feel like this book is showing those kinds of, like, yeah, it's kind of stereotypical, but it's also not, like, necessarily an American family thing. It's, like, a very much, like, an Asian Family thing. So I feel like it does kind of have to lean into those stereotypes to portray, like, what the I think is like a pretty normal, you know, especially for like people who are older, you know, like it's like not necessarily a generation of like young parents now, like, you know, Julia, she was like an Asian mom. But what was i gonna say julia
1: was an asian she wasn't julia's wife
0: yeah, yeah yeah i, I was oh, saying okay. she
1: was an Asian. oh if she was like, an asian man. okay yeah
0: um i'm gonna say something else about this being in san francisco because i forgot all the references then I like looked back at my highlights on my Kindle and it was just like this one thing about like just like the places I was like wow I know where that is now because I live near here
2: yeah I was gonna ask if you did did they talk about a hike or am I crazy
1: they did yeah they did. yeah I and and went on
2: a hike yeah. I was gonna ask if you did that hike. Yeah, wait, do you remember what it was? I, don't remember.
1: Oh, I just God. know that they went on a hike and they had a date at their hike and they kissed near a mountain. Oh,
0: <laughs> wait, I don't know if I'm making this up. Was it Mount Tam? Okay, I'm gonna try to look this
1: up. I don't know if it works. Like just that. like do like Command F hike <laughs> or something. Yeah, I'm
0: on my Kindle though, so it my- might <laughs> <Could> not find it. <laughs> um, okay. I'll look for it later. But the other thing that I highlighted that I totally forgot about, just this random line, but it's like somebody, I think it's Vera, is like like the author is like narrowing her eyes like Shana from Love is Blind (laughs) season two. (laughs) It's so random. But it's like the specific re- uh reference and Sarah and I watched Love is Blind. And I was like, oh my God, this is a girl. <laughs> she does. She has like a very specific, like weird, like narrowing her eyes thing. Like, yeah. And I was like, that is so funny that this author just like randomly took a dig at her right here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would I totally forgot that happened. I was also like when I read that, I was like, what? what is going on right now because I feel like it's not super common to have references like that in a book
0: yeah and it wasn't like she I mean I feel like it would have been weird if there were like a lot of references but it was just like so random yeah (laughs) funny but yeah Yeah. I I did recognize a lot of just like the general places i feel like most everything they talked about i was like i know where that is which just <laughs> people i was gonna ask if you recognize places sarah from when you visited but i don't know I, I
2: mean we went to chinatown and got <laughs> the fortune cookies but other than that i mean yeah I mean, obviously everyone knows the Golden Gate Bridge, but other than that, what places do they even talk about?
0: Well, okay, the one thing that I highlighted was I was like, of course there's a freaking lawyer here, but like, because Tony <laughs> is a lawyer and like is is referencing that he like went to law school, um, and then he's now a junior associate at a law firm near the embarcadero. And then it's, like, there's all these tall buildings there. And I was, like, that's where my friends worked this summer.
2: Whoa, that's oh my crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't think I went there. It's funny yeah. if they
1: said Tilly went to Berkeley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that would have been
0: funny. It's future you. Yeah. Oh, but Embarcadero, I think that's, uh, is it? Maybe it's like a little north, but like where we were on the bus. This is super irrelevant. <laughs> <But> <laughs> when we took also, the bus. I
1: have no idea what that means. When we took the bus that one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were near this
0: building. <laughs> we we're in this area. Okay, whatever. It doesn't
1: matter.
2: You mean when we changed buses? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh- Okay. Yeah, that's, like, where, like, basically the bus, there's a bus from Berkeley to San Francisco, so we took that bus, and then we landed in Embarcadero, which is what they talked about, and I was like, wow. Wow. That's fun. So, yeah, that's another random thing I liked about this book, but I don't know, yeah, what did you guys think about the whole... Just like I know we talked about already like they're they forgave each other too quickly. But oh yeah Julie and Oliver are not a thing. They decided to be friends and then Sana and Ricky are a thing though. But I don't know I was like fine with Sana and Ricky because like it really wasn't Ricky's fault that he like got screwed into this too. I mean I guess he like knew kind of that this was like screwing people over and he went along
2: with it right i don't know
1: yeah he yeah. like how to a... go ahead sorry
2: i mean i mean i don't think he knew that he was stealing the art though i mean he knew he'd he's screwing some people over with his code by i don't know increasing the
1: pricing of he knew it was like a scamming whatever like he knew he was building something to scam people i don't think he knew how it was being used or what was happening but like he he did know it was bad but he was also desperate for money um but yeah but i don't know i thought they needed to give him a little bit more of a compelling story for for punching him no, for, like, Ricky, like, being that desperate for money that he would be willing to develop a program that scams people.
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad, like, his, his brother being bullied and him wanting to get him out of that situation.
1: Okay, but, like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, his brother being bullied, yes, but it was more so that, like, oh, his brother is, like, such a genius no i don't think grades
2: no i feel like it's more trying to save his brother from being bullied because he can't he can't go to his grade or he'll fill his classes because do you know
1: how large indonesia is as a country no (laughs) all right well (laughs) no i meant like i mean like i feel like there are other options like you know there were there were other things like to be yeah. like I' like at least like as the in between solution, right, like before Riki. because, because like you just gonna move the whole family, he wasn't gonna move the whole family, just the brother, the brother to be by himself, have you heard of boarding school?
2: yeah, but like <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs>
1: I mean, fair. I'm not saying it's like amazing. I'm just saying that like, he didn't need to be that, I didn't understand the reason for him to be that desperate that he's willing to build a scam program. You know what I'm saying?
2: It's a lot of money and not a lot of work. I mean, I wouldn't say I would be opposed to doing that.
1: Alright, fine. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I don't know. I was just like, I didn't, I'm also like his whole thing of like, oh, we just set up a verbal contract. I'm like, never, never believe a verbal contract. What the hell? Yeah, I would also never do
2: it without getting a little bit of money up front.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Verbal contract, no money up front. But then he was like, but I saw a job posting. I'm like, that shit was not on LinkedIn. <laughs> it had to be some like sketchy site. I actually, you know that this is... um <laughs> This is so dumb, but like, um, I'm pretty sure this is a case that happened in like Vietnam because it was featured on the show that I saw. And they were like, this is inspired by a true case where like they lured in like college graduates to build a scam program in Vietnam. And then I think it got like they all got arrested or whatever all the people involved but like still it was like luring in people and like not paying them appropriately and it was like and then they eventually like once I got there told them like oh yeah it's like a scam like program to like you know lure, get people out of money so i That's... think it's based off of a true thing
2: seems vaguely familiar but it was in the show taxi Driver. I don't think I watched that. I don't know. okay.
1: Plug for taxi driver. It's a good show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. See
1: it happens. I mean, though, yeah, I, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying in his position, like he already has a full-time job that like pays relatively well, right? Like, yeah, I assume if yeah. he's a software engineer in San Francisco, like, he's probably one of those big tech bros.
2: Well, it would have sounded like, it.
1: I mean, he was making money, but not, like, bank. No, he was making money, but, like, San Francisco rent is really high, you know? Yeah. High cost of living. It is. And then now he has a girlfriend. <laughs> Sheesh. But she's rich, so I know. She's got that trust fund money. Yeah. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you guys think of Oliver and Julia and that whole book shit? (laughs) Book shit.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I don't even know what to think about it because, I mean, if I would read that, I would also be like, what the fuck? But at the same time, I don't know. How are you so clueless that you wouldn't see that any signs that the guy could like you?
1: I know. I was like, you have to be dumb. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I also feel like, I don't know. Personally, I was like, I feel like she got so mad. Wait, like, what was her whole thing? I don't know. I feel like she got, like, super...
1: She got super angry at him. Yeah, just- I
2: think. Mean- <laughs> i think i'd be a little upset but not as upset as she was i think she was like upset because she thought he was manipulating her
1: dude she jumped from a to z so fast yeah like she was like oh he like now that marshall is dead like now he sees his chance and now he can like think he's emma's dad and i was like whoa yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you need to i relax. feel
0: like he made that yeah it was like such a jump so i was like wait
2: but, but actually it's real because he was he he said when they went out to Yo. victory he's like oh i can imagine she's my wife and emma's my daughter okay
1: okay 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 there's a difference between him thinking that like oh yeah i can like sneak in like now's my chance versus him being like I like throughout the throughout the entire thing you see that he's like been since Emma was born he's been trying to like build some sort of relationship with her but since Marshall and him don't like each other he's been like forced out of it so like I don't know I think like you see him like even before that thought like just try to be like Why is Emma like this? Like, I want her to feel comfortable around me. Like, making a lot of effort to be, like, close to Emma. To be like, okay, I'm, like, your uncle. Like, please recognize me. Like, please know who I am. That sort of thing. Just out of, like, you know, some sort of, like, uncle affection. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I never got the sense that he was, like, super obsessed with Julia. Like, I got the sense that he was, like, really into her and, like, liked her. But, like, he kept his distance for 10 years, right? Like, he's he did not do anything for 10 years and then like now since like they were friends from before very good friends from before and her husband died like that's why he's like trying to like help her out but I didn't necessarily see any like bad undertone to all those interactions but like she was full on like oh my god he's trying to he sees a chance and he's trying to take it it's like yo what the fuck
2: (laughs) I don't know maybe just because we see his perspective but I agree it was like a little over the top.
1: It was weird, but also, I'm glad that the author did not make them get together.
2: Well, I mean, I thought it would have been cute you know <laughs> in the beginning. I thought Alex and Vera were gonna get together.
0: You
1: just <laughs> want everyone to get together. <laughs> Alex had a wife like that. Alex had a wife at least at the beginning yeah made I know it but I was
2: like she is dementia she's gonna die soon and then he's gonna end up with Vera god
1: even though I don't think they're in the same age group but I think they are I think they're both grandparents age like Alex literally has a grandchild
2: oh you're right okay
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I never I thought am- Alex and Vera, but that's also because I thought Alex was the wrong age. <laughs> but but then, yeah, I don't know. I was really thinking, yeah, there's just gonna be like, you know, there's like two guys, two girls, so like they're both gonna be two couples. But I also like that they didn't get together because of all like the shit that happened. Um, and like her getting so mad about it and all that. but yeah, also, the whole like, I don't know, Marshall was a shit person. I was like trying to figure out like, okay, is the author just gonna make Marshall like a super shitty person, or is he gonna have some redeeming qualities? But he was so such a bad father to Tama that I was like, that's wild. you know, she should she yeah. have a male we'll figure in her life
1: so yeah the author really made marshall like the actual worst like zero redeeming qualities
0: and i feel like that's why you're like
1: all right do we even care that he died (laughs) literally we don't give a shit we're like yeah he died cool (laughs) good to know but yeah but the thing about the other thing that i found like i think the other thing that julia really was pissed off about with oliver was that like she was like oh you know like after i started dating your brother you totally stopped talking to me and like never wanted like we weren't friends anymore that really hurt my feelings i was like okay listen i know the feeling of like as soon as someone if as soon as they like you and they see that you're no longer available they don't want to talk to you anymore however i also was like can you blame him though like you know your husband (laughs) You you know Marshall and how shit he is. You really think he wasn't like that to other people. And you really blame Oliver for keeping his distance. It wasn't like he was mean to you. He just like wasn't close to you anymore. And she was like, oh, like once he saw that he no longer had a chance, he didn't want to talk to me anymore. I'm like, girl, you need to relax.
2: Yeah, that's a, a huge jump in conclusion. Especially, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like back then you would at least be able to tell that Oliver doesn't like Marshall that much.
1: If you, she, could, she couldn't even tell that Oliver liked her for that long. You're right. You're right. She was absolutely clueless. Idiot. Sorry, Julia, but idiot. Just a little naive. A little naive? Okay, fine. A lot of naive. A lot of naive. But also, wasn't, like, there was, like, this whole, the other thing about Oliver and her, I don't know. Like, there, the whole thing with, like, she was like, oh, yeah, like, you, uh oh, my God, where am I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just, like, she was, like. You stopped talking to me after this, and like I thought I had done something wrong by dating your brother, and I was like, even then, you couldn't tell that it was because like he was jealous of his brother. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, it it is kind of weird, but it's just a story, so maybe that's that's the author trying to reach there. Yeah, it's convenient for the plot. So yeah, that's why. They did that. Yeah.
1: Do you guys have any more thoughts to add? By the way, bird dander is like dust from a bird. And that's what I gathered. I can't believe people drink that
2: though. Well, I think it's common in Asian culture. Like birds' nest is like the spit of the birds to make the nest or something. don't know i feel like that's what chris told me but i don't know if it's true
1: i thought it was like the actual like i mean bird's nests are just like twigs and shit right i mean yeah but but like other things as well i guess each
2: bottle contains a bit of swallow bird's nest
1: isn't swallow a kind of bird though? Yeah.
2: So
1: yeah. So they're nets.
2: Their nest.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I never thought about that. I guess to put together the twigs, the birds spit on it and then it sticks together.
2: Yeah. Are you sure? It's thickened by the spit and fibers of the nest.
1: <laughs> Learning so much. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I'm like, i surprised that people would take like bird debris like dust and feathers or whatever and then be like, yeah, let me like drink this. It Apparently it's promotes good health. All right. I mean, you know what? I've got to try it to see if I like it or not.
2: Actually, Costco sells it. That's why I wanted to get it, but Chris says he doesn't like it, and I'm worried I'm not going to like it, and then we're just going to have a like a Costco-sized amount of <laughs> <Earth> bird <net. laughs>
1: So I don't want to get it from Costco. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a tiny version somewhere. Yeah. Do they sell it in Whole Foods? They
2: definitely do. Really? I've never seen it, but I guess I, I don't know where it would be. I guess maybe I didn't look. Is yeah right where thing? would they sell in like
1: the vitamins
2: aisle or maybe like some chinese place would sell it uh-huh. i don't know
1: like a chinese market or something
2: yeah or like a chinese uh-huh. restaurant or something
1: <gasps> maybe in the restaurant they'll sell like the tea with the bird dander in it then i
0: can try it just call the place hey do you sell tea with bird dander
1: yeah that's what i want i just i only want that one (laughs) do you have that one specifically what if i'm allergic to it i'm gonna die (laughs) oh (laughs) that'd be tragic (laughs) yeah well you don't know until you try
2: (laughs) 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 bro i'm sure you know if you were allergic to birds by
1: now though i mean i do not like birds so yeah but i don't think i'm allergic to them
0: but yeah, I I don't know how you found that out. Like,
1: I don't just know how you do
0: anything. Wait, I it. have
1: allergy tests. Yeah, but who
2: regularly <laughs> takes them? Just cause. I don't know. I've taken a few. Oh really? I've never taken any. I thought that was for people with allergies.
1: I think I was trying to find out if I had an allergy. That's why.
2: <laughs> that makes <laughs> sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But how do they test that? Do they just give you small amounts of random shit in there? No,
1: I mean, mine, I had, like, this whole, like, breathing test thing. And, like, there was, like, they were trying to figure out, like, oh, like, they literally were, like, do you have an allergy to this? Do you have an allergy to that? And I was, like, no, that's why I'm taking this test to find out if I do. So I don't know. But, like, they don't. It says in the book that
2: how they How Marshall figured out that he's allergic to birds, but I can't remember how. Oh, cause the, cause the covers, like the duvet had goose feathers, and he was sleeping with it on, and then he couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. I got it. That's how you figure out whether you're allergic to birds.
1: You okay. see whether you can't breathe. Yeah, <laughs> you're a. <laughs>
0: Not near a bird. You don't have to be near a bird. Just like, you have
2: a duvet with goose feathers in it.
1: <laughs> Not that, yeah, I guess. You just like sniff a feather and be like, "Do a, can I breathe? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Like, because I mean, like in the city, at least I don't know about San Francisco, but I'm assuming it's like every other city where there's like pigeons everywhere near you.
0: There's actually not as many as I. Well, I, I don't know. I don't
1: it's
2: not like New York. I don't remember there being a lot, but I also yeah. wasn't looking for pigeons.
1: So. in Atlanta, there's like always just here.
2: Interesting. So many, so many
1: fat pigeons.
2: There's not many birds in St. Louis. Or <laughs> maybe I just don't notice them. I mean, there are, There's a lot. There's like this big park that's like a conservatory for birds so obviously there's a lot of birds there maybe they just all stay there and they don't go into the city area
1: yeah it depends I feel like it kind of is related to how dirty the city is like there's just so many food options around here that there's so many birds that just hang out around here because they're just always eating like something that fell out of a trash or something
2: Mm, yeah makes sense so
1: Not that Atlanta is, like, dirty, but, like, there's, like, a lot of restaurants and a lot of food that just gets dropped. So, like, a lot of birds hang out near this food.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, kind of. Now I want to go to a tea house. I, I like yeah,
2: it. when when they were talking about her tea house, I was thinking about that tea place that we went to in San Francisco. We
1: only- did so many things in San Francisco. You went to the bus. Oh, taking Car- <laughs> wasn't even
2: there. I oh, I was like, I'm not. I wasn't there. I thought <laughs> <laughs> you were because um, Mahima's sister went. I thought that was you. Okay, sorry. I went to a tea house in San Francisco, and it reminded me of this.
1: <laughs> They've only been to one tea house, and that's the one in Pittsburgh. But it, yeah. Dobra tea. Dobra.
0: Yeah, the one that I went to, I didn't get the, like, normal, because they do have, like, so many, not as many actually as dober tea, but like varieties of tea. And then they give you a little, like a glass to drink your tea, and then an little pot with the tea leaves. And then there's just kettles everywhere, so you could just like keep. And then they tell you, they're like, you have to let the kettle get to this temperature, and then let it steep for this amount of seconds, <laughs> and then you drink it. And That's then you're so allowed. Work. You're allowed to drink it for like X number of times. So like you can drink it like seven times. So it's really yeah. fun. I didn't do that today because we were sitting at a table working and I was like, it's going to be a lot, but it's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, there was an area where, I mean, we were just sitting at a table, but there's are some areas where we can sit on the ground and some people were there chatting and you know, I was like, that's so nice. But here I am <laughs>
2: The sad (laughs) life of a law school student
1: i know but it was
2: okay because a lot of other people were also working
0: and then the people who were sitting on the ground areas they were chilling but anyways yeah maybe we should open a tea shop
2: yeah you know that's
1: your (laughs) takeaway
2: it's very common i think i don't remember what this huh I said people would come who make some money. <laughs> I don't remember what the statistic is, but I think there's like a high ratio of bakeries are p owned by PhD people. Like I don't know. What is, but like oh, what <laughs> it's like it's not it's like it's like I don't know. It's not- where are you going with this? Ah, a lot of PhD people drop whatever they are doing and become bakers (laughs) and own bakeries. So I'm should we drop out? Should we drop out? No, no, they get their PhD. We have to get it first.
1: (laughs) You just said they drop out of their PhD and open a bakery. I buy.
2: They get it and then they open a. Oh my god! I mean, a bakery.
0: (laughs) Okay, we could call it the useless doctors. Tea shop. <laughs> World famous tea
1: shop. Yeah. World famous tea house.
0: Yeah. They also have baked goods. They at this place they have baked goods from like other bakeries and stuff. And they just sell them. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Like bakery tea shop.
1: Bakery tea shop. No, I like I like the tea house but then also with the baked goods. Yeah, and we can have books there, too. And we can oh, my do- God. <laughs> Book Cafe. <laughs> no. Yeah,
2: coffee. I
1: mean, but oh, yeah, yeah. But like only tea, no coffee.
2: Yeah, but I think we'll, we'll get more people if we also have coffee.
1: It is America.
2: You're right. If tea can make it, we can make it. Yeah.
0: We can have like. I feel like
2: did tea I don't
0: know. We can we have, have bubble tea.
2: <laughs> That's
0: actually if we put bubble tea in there, we got we got everyone. Mm-hmm.
1: We got regular wow. tea, bubble tea, books, and pastries. What a weird assortment <laughs> of things. That's not weird. You get your book, you sit down, you drink some tea, eat a pastry, and then go. <laughs> I guess, yeah. You know, like, have you seen those K-dramas where they have, like, comic book cafes where they, like, full-on sell ramen and then they have all these comic books and people literally just, like, grab a comic book, chill in this, like, nice little cozy corner and then eat ramen and read the book and then put it back and then go home? (laughs) I'm like, what the hell? I didn't know those existed, but I'd go to one of those a lot. Okay, look up comic book cafe and then tell me, isn't that like so cool? I feel like they should do that in America, but like with regular books, which I understand is a library, but like it's not the same because the ramen is not served in the library.
2: (laughs) I think think comic books is better because it's not like crazy long. Like I don't want to read a 300 page book. In one sitting while I'm eating my ramen. Okay, mm-hmm. novellas
1: only. We'll only do <laughs> only do <novellas. laughs> but I like this idea of book cafe. Honestly, yeah. I've thought about this.
0: Yeah. Earlier when you guys were talking about dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> we got an idea. We got
2: a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> i don't
1: have to finish this okay i only have like a year and change left like we can we can make it through we can get through it i
0: think i think it'll be better if we have our degrees so we can really be useless doctors we're not
1: we're not actually
0: doctors yet
1: i want people to call me dr kasula when they bro Here is your... That's (laughs) why you want your degree? (laughs) When you're working
2: at this cafe. I'm
1: saying in the cafe. Like, I give someone a tea and they're like, thank you, Dr. Kasula. Bro, that Oh, my gosh. (laughs) To remind me that I'm not using my degree the way it was intended (laughs) to be. If someone was like Dr.
2: Bernhard, I would, like, die. (laughs) That's so...
1: Uncomfortable for me. Why you earned that degree? I think my dad is Dr. Bernhard. Okay, listen, my parents aren't any doctors, therefore, I'm the only Dr. Kasula.
0: good you change your last name,
1: Sarah. You could. No, I don't wanna. No, they'll call you Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah. I don't know. Maybe I'd like
2: that better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think if people called you guys doctor, it wouldn't be that crazy, but they called me doctor. I just <laughs> have a JD. <laughs> just so
1: funny. Wait, are, are people with JDs called doctor?
0: No, but like, it's still a doctorate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's called Juris Doctorate, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just wondering. Like,
2: no.
1: do people. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's
0: like so weird because, like, it's, I don't know, it's like the medical profession, like, more similar to the medical profession than other things, but it's like they're medical doctors and we're just lawyers. We're just. Yeah.
1: yeah. And we're teachers except none of us are teaching
2: <laughs> you can't catch me dead teaching
1: i would not sorry i apologize if my advisor is listening to this i apologize <laughs> no teaching for me Mm-mm. but i would if if we did open a tea t-shop i would be like um please call me dr kasula when you Except the tea from me. <laughs>
2: Bro, we're going to lose all our customers. I don't want Pooja in this tea shop. Okay, <laughs> I, mean, I was
1: joking. It. I was joking. First of all, I'd be like, <laughs> don't make a eye contact. there's a little bit of truth to it. Not customers of the tea shop. No way. <laughs> you mean me and Hashimi? No. <laughs> like other people, you know. Just for, like, the kick of it
2: yeah
1: okay listen if i did all of this work and no one calls me dr kasula like when
2: you go on a date you'll be like just so
1: you know oh, that is so obnoxious <laughs> that is so obnox. i i feel i feel like i know people who would do that and i think that is actually obnoxious you go on a date with someone and you're just like please call me doctor no like what the fuck <laughs> no way it could be a kinky thing though i mean see that's different you had to establish this context. <laughs> right. You can't just be like, oh, first date, hey, call me doctor. Like, what the fuck? No. If someone told me to call them doctor, I'd be like, hey, I actually, I uh, left the stove on in my house. I got to go back. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> Wait, that's such a good way to get out of
1: something. <laughs> Bro. Oh,
0: my God. That happened to me so many times. Was it last semester or even this summer? I was like, yeah, I literally was like, fuck, I left this. (laughs) I would be like, do I go back? Do I risk it? No, you go back. What the hell? But it's like most likely I turned it off because like most likely I have the instinct. Do you ever
2: leave it on?
0: No,
1: no. But I have come back one time. And I it wasn't even fucking on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like if you're like not enjoying it, like why not? Just be like, oh shit, I left the stove on. I gotta go um, you know, take care yeah. of that.
2: Yeah, but what if they think that's an invite to come over?
1: Who <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, I
2: think I left my stove on. You wanna to come to my apartment? <laughs> that's
0: what? a good way to come. Get someone to come to <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: god i guess it all depends on how you say it though like <laughs> if you say it like oh shit like i gotta let the stove on okay bye i gotta go now but if you're just like oh i think i left the stove on um <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was seductive
0: podcast evolved oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with the
1: book listen this is interesting okay <laughs> That's an interesting discourse. <laughs> you better leave this in, Harshani. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Okay.
2: Do you guys have any other thoughts to add? No. I think ideas? that was the
1: that was the peak of my contribution right there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then that is the end of season five, episode eleven. Uh next episode we are going to be reading The Connolly's of Country Down by County Down. County Down, yep. County Down by Tracy Lang.
1: I think Let- it's Lang.
2: Okay. And we read We Are the Brennans which I believe only Pooja likes. It was very character heavy. And based on the description of this book, it will also be very character heavy. So we'll see, we'll see. But
1: yeah, I think you'll like it.
2: I honestly read the description and didn't think I would, but then why'd you choose so. it? <laughs> Because all the other uh, authors are like thrillers or something I absolutely did not want to read. So
1: fair. I could have been like, could have chosen another Colleen Hoover, but I I guess we decided we're not gonna do that yeah, together. We're yeah. yeah, we're not reading. We're not. But yeah, no. I feel like it, yeah, it literally says like family. Um. Oh my God, but there it says. This person finds a chance at love in the most unlikely place. That is calling to me. There's a love story. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. We'll see you next
2: week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.